Good morning. It's good to be with you and grateful that we have opportunity to continue our worship now by studying God's Word and hearing what God says. I invite you to get your Bible and join us as for a few moments this morning we will direct our attention to the Gospel that of which we've sung and now read as Brother Kyle has read from 1 Thessalonians. That's going to be our text uh, in just a moment. You're visiting. We welcome you. We appreciate that you're among us. If you're here and you're not a Christian, we want to especially encourage you to listen carefully to the Bible, to what God's Word says, and the application that it has for you. The blessings that are available for you in Jesus Christ are contained in, they're recorded and revealed uh, to you and the whole world in, in the New Testament of Jesus Christ. And we hope that today will be the day that you will not only believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but act upon that faith in your life. To be forgiven of your past sins. To repent. Confess that Jesus is the Lord and be baptized to be saved uh, and to be added by Him to His church. But if you're a Christian and you know that your life is not what it ought to be before God, you know that uh, you've, you've strayed from uh, His truth, His will, then, then uh, it is that grace of God that calls us back by the Word of His grace to repent, to return to God, to, to live for Him uh, now and every day of your life from this day forward. If that's your need, we want to help you. We want to encourage you to do that very thing. And, and uh, the Bible teaches us as Christians that we can pray God's forgiveness and He will forgive and we want to encourage you, if that's your need as a child of God, uh, this very day. The song, I appreciate the time of selected songs that he selected this morning, fits perfectly with our introduction because it rem- we are reminded of the commission that Jesus gave to go and preach the gospel. This is a fundamental uh, point that, uh, that we understand that uh, Jesus, before He ascended, uh, gathered with His apostles and said, Go into all the world and uh, preach the gospel to every creature to, or to the whole creation. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that does not believe will be condemned. Matthew's account says, Go and teach all nations or make disciples of all nations. Uh, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. And so Jesus, in sending His apostles into the world, uh, sent them with uh, a message that is to be proclaimed and, and hear, heard, believed, and obeyed to receive the benefit of the remission of sins. And so in Acts 2, we find the apostles beginning to obey the Lord's commission as they preached on the day of Pentecost. And about 3,000 souls obeyed the Gospel that first day, were saved from their sins. It says that they continued steadfastly in the Apostles' doctrine or the Apostles' teaching. So the Apostles kept on teaching. They, they preached the Gospel. Uh, people believed obeyed the Gospel. They kept on preaching the Gospel, teaching the Christians and teaching the lost and uh, fulfilling their commission. Paul said... Uh, in 1 Corinthians 1, 17, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach. Now, uh, preach the gospel. Some, some want to use that to say baptism is not essential. And yet, Paul simply emphasizing that 
Christ didn't send me to uh, be a, uh, the performer of baptisms. He sent me to preach the Gospel. And the Gospel contains the command to be baptized, to be saved, Mark 16, 16. But it didn't matter who did the baptizing. That was the problem in Corinth uh, that he was addressing. It's very clear from his context. One of the places they came to was Thessalonica in Acts 17, 1-4. And like in other places, they, Paul and his companions, preached the Gospel there. The text says that, that when they arrived at Thessalonica, that uh, uh, Paul, as his custom was, went in to them, that is, to the synagogue of the Jews, and for three Sabbaths, he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and to rise from the, again from the dead, saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. So, And some of them were persuaded, verse 4 says. So the commission was to go preach the Gospel. But in the book of Acts, as we see them doing that time and again, what we read about them doing is preaching Christ. Philippians, uh, uh, in, 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 uh, I'm sorry, Philip in Acts the 8th chapter preached Christ to the Ethiopian. Um, here, Paul says uh, the, that I'm preaching Jesus to you and He is the Christ. When you preach the Gospel, you preach Jesus. You preach the Christ. Now, uh, more on that in a minute. Uh, why we're saying all this is to lead up to what is said in Thessalonians. Because now, looking back, as these people were converted by the Gospel in Acts 17 in the city of Thessalonica, Paul now looks back at that and, and he, he says uh, there in verse 5, our Gospel did not come to you in word only. The Gospel is, is a word, but it's more than a word. He said also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And verse 6 went on to say, you became followers of us and of the Lord. So, so, what is, so we've titled our lesson, Our Gospel. Uh, that is, it's the God, Paul uses it there in verse 5, for our Gospel. Our, I thought it was Christ's Gospel. Why is he calling it our Gospel? What does that mean? Because you see, we live in a time when not that it's any different than any other time. We want our own gospel. In the first century, in Galatians 1, there were different gospels. Galatians 1, verses 6 and 7. But not the true gospel. So, so what does Paul mean when he says our gospel? Well, he simply means that you know, it was the gospel they preached that had been given to them by Jesus. And that to follow the apostles is to follow Jesus. Now this is the point I want us to, to drive home this morning because there is not a small contingent out there. There's a rather large group out there who, who, want to, who, who are convinced they're following Jesus even if they're not following the apostles. They think that they can follow Jesus, but... but we can differ about the following the apostles. And so what that does is discredit what the apostles taught and somehow magnify Jesus. But, but that's not what Jesus said. 
Jesus Himself said, He that receives whomever I send receives me. Now the other side of that coin is, if you don't receive whom I send, you don't receive me. So if we receive the apostles, we receive Jesus. That's what Paul meant when he said, you became followers of us and of the Lord in verse 6 of 1 Thessalonians 1. Are you a follower of the apostles? Do you follow the apostles? The answer ought to be yes. Well, why do you follow the I thought you followed Jesus. I do follow Jesus. I follow Jesus by following his apostles. That is, by following the teaching they gave. Remember, Paul's the one who said, You, you became followers of us. Must be something to that. Following the apostles was about following Jesus. You see, we already noted they preached Jesus. Paul did in Acts 17, and he, his writing is, is littered with that expression that uh, preaching Christ, preaching Jesus. Colossians 1.28, Him we preach. Uh, we preach Christ, not ourselves. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 5. Well, you see, it's not that, that they set themselves forth as the authority. You know, that's the, that, that's the error of Catholicism that promotes the, the, uh, uh, the, the papacy and the concept of the primacy of Peter over the other apostles and that, and that somehow uh, he has standing authority in place of Jesus. No, no the apostles of Christ uh, preach the authority of Jesus and exercise the authority He gave them as apostles all under His own authority. But they didn't preach themselves. They preached Jesus. Today, when we preach what the apostles taught, we're preaching Jesus. That's what I want us to understand. So we cannot separate following Jesus from the writings of the New Testament and what the apostles taught. But we must continue steadfastly in them. Now, here's an application we need to make. We don't follow Church of Christ gospel. The gospel doesn't is not Church of Christ gospel. It's not my gospel, and it's not your gospel. Paul said our gospel because it came from the apostles. That's the hour in that text as they became followers of them. How it was theirs because Christ deposited it to them. More on that in just a minute. Christ gave it to them and they preached it. You see, this is a, this is a, seems to be what I run into sometimes these days is, is, is people object to what we teach and want to try to frame that as, as some, some sort of Church of Christ gospel. Some sort of Church of Christ teaching. That is not at all what we are about and what we're trying to accomplish here this morning or as what we're trying to accomplish as Christians. What we're trying to accomplish is following the gospel that came from Christ through His apostles so that by following them, we're following Jesus. Their gospel, the apostles' gospel, the apostolic gospel produces faith, ignites love, and secures hope. You see that in verse 3? Of our text, 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 3, Paul is thanking God, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, 
labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in sight of our God and Father. How did they know anything about faith, love, and hope and patience of hope except through the gospel that Paul preached when he preached Jesus to them in that, in that city? When he preached the gospel, it produced faith because that's how faith comes is by hearing the Word of God. That lit a fire of love within their conduct that they were going to now serve others instead of themselves. They were going to serve God and serve others. They were going to have a patient endurance and steadfastness of hope that's found in Jesus. It's all through the Gospel that the apostles preached. So, this morning, our Gospel, the one that we commit ourselves to, is that same Gospel. A Gospel that came from heaven, came to the apostles. They spoke and wrote it down. And so when we follow them, we are following Jesus. And to the extent that today we are unwilling to use them as our examples, then it's to that same extent that we're unwilling to follow their Gospel. Note, it with, note with me. The Gospel, their Gospel, our Gospel that Paul wrote of is a revealed Gospel. He says, our Gospel did not come to you in word only. That means it did come to you in word. Well, the Holy Spirit guided the apostles into all truth. John 16, 13. What the apostles had to say was heavenly truth. Paul said how that by revelation was made known to me the mystery as I wrote before in few words. He wrote Ephesians, the first and second chapters as we have them designated now. The first part of that epistle, he says, I wrote about the revelation I received. How God revealed His purposes. And when you read what I wrote, you can understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed. It's a revealed Gospel through His holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. So God's mechanism of pronouncing good news to me and you, sinners, lost, needing salvation, is to give a Word. A Word that came from heaven. A Word that was revealed to men. God didn't just give them thoughts and ideas. He gave them words that they preached. God's words. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13 says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, there's the Word, the Word of God, you heard it from us, you welcomed it, not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Here is God's Word working in believers. Well, back up to verse 4 of that same chapter. Paul again emphasized we've been entrusted with the Gospel. We have been approved by God to be entrusted with the Gospel and even so we speak. The apostles were the earthen vessels, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, into which God deposited His Word. He entrusted it to them. And they preached it to the whole world. 
and people were saved by it. There was power connected with it. As they spoke it, and then they wrote it down in Scripture, it was inspired by God. Now what are you turning to today in your life? To give you confidence that what you are believing and what you're basing your values on and your decisions and the direction of your life, where are you going? To give you such confidence of faith and and love and hope that can be better than a word that comes from God Himself. Who are you turning to? Some friend, some neighbor, some pal, some, somebody you hang out with? Or just what everybody else is doing? What are you anchoring your life to? What are you conforming your life to? If you're not doing, conforming it to a revealed Gospel, then we urge you to do that today because you see, that's what Jesus is about. If you want to anchor yourself to Jesus, then you need to anchor yourself to His revealed Gospel to His Word. You need to obey His commandments. You need to follow Him. Paul said the things that I write are the commandments of the Lord. Commandments of the Lord. And more on that in just a minute. You see, the Gospel has been revealed. That's why we follow it. It didn't come from, from man. It's not, it's not, man's not the source of it. And that's so different than the world who wants to convince you as it's convinced itself that it has the answers to what life is all about. The world doesn't have those answers. Jesus does. His apostles preached them. And that's the Gospel we claim to follow and intend to follow today. Well, in Acts 17, you see that's what happened. They... They heard that Gospel. They examined that Gospel. And they believed that Gospel. He said they, they examined the Scriptures daily whether the things were so that Paul's being said uh, there in, in Berea. And they were more... He said there they were... They, uh, uh, the Bereans examined the Scriptures daily whether what was being said was so. Well, and, and so they believed. We challenge you to open your Bible and put to the test this message of a Savior who saves us from sin. Put to the test the message of truth of a dying Savior, a resurrected Lord, of what life is about. Why am I here? Where am I going? What's life all about? And see if not God's answers revealed in the Scripture satisfy the heart and soul and give you the direction of salvation now and eternal life to come. It's a revealed Gospel. But you know, anybody can preach a message that sounds good, but the message the apostles preached was validated as genuine. Paul said the word we preached didn't come in word only, but... He said also in power and in the Holy Spirit. There was a reason to believe the words they were preaching. Connected with that word was a power to convert lives. There was a power of the Holy Spirit's presence in miraculous confirmation that it was genuine. In other words, they were working miracles when they were preaching the word. 
The Lord, uh, Mark sixteen, uh, Mark sixteen twenty says that uh, they went everywhere preaching in fulfillment of the commission. It said, and the Lord was working with them, confirming the word by the signs that followed. Look at how it says there. They went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. The Lord was working with them. There was power attached to their message, and it was of such a nature that it demonstrated what they preached was true. That what they preached was not their own message, but it was the message that came from heaven. The Holy Spirit was at work, Hebrews 2, 3 and 4. The Gospel that we preach and believe today has the effect of that work continuing with it. It has been certified. It has been authenticated. We don't ask you to just believe it because we say it. We ask you to believe it because it has has been through the mill. It has been put to the test. It has been demonstrated by the miracles that attended its proclamation that it is the truth of Almighty God. Acts 14, verses 1-4 through says, It happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews. They're preaching the Gospel just like we've already seen. And so many, and he says, so that a great multitude, both of the Jews and Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. So the Lord was bearing testimony, bearing witness. He was, he was demonstrating by the miracles that that uh, Paul uh, and uh, uh, Barnabas were working, that he was with them, that this is genuine, that this is real, that you can trust this Gospel, that it's a certified Gospel. In Galatians 1, 11 and 12, Paul said, I certify to you, I testify to you that the Gospel I preach is not, after, not according to men, he said, I didn't receive it from man, nor was I taught it by man. It came to me through revelation of Jesus Christ. Now again, the idea of revelation. So it is this revealed Gospel that has power to save us. You know, your wisdom and my wisdom combined with all the other wisdom of every other person in this building and around the globe doesn't have the power to save one soul from sin. But the gospel that came from heaven does. It's been validated. It has, it has the power of God and the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 23 and 24. So, once more, we, we must ask ourselves and ask, each, ask you the question, what wisdom are you turning to today? What source of great wisdom and insight and direction are you relying upon to secure your future? To direct your presence? To answer the questions of your past? If it's not the revealed, validated Gospel of Jesus, you haven't turned to the right source yet for the right answers. 
looking for the right direction. The validated gospel. It's a, it, it's a powerful thing. It has power to save a lost soul. It came with power. It came with the Holy Spirit's presence guiding them in the truth, validating it miraculously, and in part, and the, the, the apostles themselves having the ability to give other people miracles. The, the ability to work miracles. Spiritual gifts. Miraculous spiritual gifts. To accomplish the purpose of God. It's a revealed gospel and it is a validated gospel. This is why we go to the scriptures. We can trust it. We can rely upon it. And any other source of standard for what is truth is inferior. We have to make up our mind that that's in fact what the gospel means to us. And that's why we cling to it. And we urge it. Well, it's also a convincing gospel. That passage says that uh, back in 1 Thessalonians 1 and 5, we preached, if we, he says, our, our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. In much assurance. So, so it is this gospel that is able to, that was able to secure their faith and it secures your faith and my faith. Because you see, now I know, as I, as I investigate what's written, as I give an ear and, 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 and examine to see if these things are so, I'm brought to the conclusion that, that my trust is being placed in God, not in man. That the verse, uh, that, that this gospel uh, is intended for me to have my reliance upon God's power. Not my own. First Corinthians two, four, and five. Paul said. Paul said that's said my speech and my preaching. Right, our gospel. He talks about my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but I, he said I didn't ask you to rely upon what I'm saying because I'm so eloquent that I make a, that I have uh, uh, all of this this persuasive wisdom of man of man but in demonstration of the, of the Spirit and power. There's the miracles again. The authentic, authentication that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What Paul simply saying is, look, what I'm preaching is from God. I'm your, I'm serving the purposes of God in preaching this Gospel. And the outcome is to establish you. Is to secure your faith. Romans 16 and 25 says, Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel. There it is again. My gospel. That's not the idea of, well, Paul had a gospel, Peter had a gospel, John had a gospel, and I have a gospel. That's not what he meant. He's talking about the gospel that he preached. Read the rest of the sentence. According to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest. Talking about the apostolic gospel, the revelation. It's been revealed, it's been validated, and it is convincing to establish you in the faith. You want to get stronger in your faith? You want to grow in Christ? You want to be strong? Then have a relationship with God's Word. 
Let God's Word do its work in your heart and in your life. Take time with the Bible. You know, if you just take 20 minutes with the Bible every day reading it, you will read the Bible in one year. That's all it takes. It's not about just finishing the course. We put that reading schedule in the bulletin for a reason. To help you have a relationship with the Bible. With God's Word. Because it con- it's convincing. There's much assurance there. That's its nature. That's what God designed it for. Not just to save us from the past sin, but to strengthen us now. And to secure us for the future. The Gospel they preached contains facts. We need to know about the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, the life of Jesus. There's facts to be known in the Gospel. There are commands to be obeyed. If we don't obey them, we're going to suffer punishment. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. The Gospel has commands. The Gospel has promises. The promise in Christ to be blessed eternally. All that's in the Gospel. The nature of the Gospel is it is convincing. It secures us in faithful living. And so that's why we preach it. And that's why we intend to commit ourselves to it. To live faithfully. To be secured in Christ Jesus. And finally, it is a converting Gospel. Look what Paul said back there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Now in the last part of 5 and into 6, he says, As you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the Word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. You became followers. They hadn't always been followers of the truth, of, of the Gospel that was being preached. But they became followers. And by the way, he says, you know what kind of men we were among you. You know how we conducted himself. Chapter 2 goes into a more extensive discussion of that. Uh, and, 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 and so I encourage you to look at that. But right now, look, focus, look at this focus. Paul, Paul was a changed man when he came to Thessalonica. The Gospel had changed Paul. From an unbelieving, blasphemous persecutor giving his assent to the murder of people because of their belief in Jesus to now an apostle of Jesus Christ saved by the blood of Jesus. He was a changed man. Well, that Gospel has changed us. Here this morning, it's changed us. Look at Titus 3 and verse 3. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. The Gospel's changed us. It's a converting Gospel by its very nature. It takes us from where we were in sin, dead, to now alive in Jesus. And this Gospel will change others. Those who have no hope, those who are without God in this world, it will bring them out of 
the death of sin and give them a new life in Christ. Romans 6 and verse 4. It is a converting Gospel. And so that's why we preach it. That's why we must live it. We must allow it to change and continue to change and, and, and define and refine who we are. Our Gospel has been revealed, been validated, it is convincing, and it is converting. Now the result of all that is we have to be preaching it. Acts 8 and verse 4, They therefore that were scattered abroad went about preaching the Word. Not just the apostles, but then those who were persecuted. They didn't stop. They didn't say, it's dangerous. We may get in trouble. No, they went everywhere preaching the Word as well. Now we've got to preach it. If this is our faith, then it has to be our life. It has to be our life. Is it your life? Is the Gospel that the apostles received from heaven and preached to the world? Is it your life? Was it at one time, but now it's not? Whatever the case is, we encourage you to get right with God. Obey His Gospel. Believe it and obey it. Repent of your past sins. Confess that Jesus is the Son of God and be baptized into Him for the remission of your sins. As a Christian who's fallen away from God, come back to Him. Somebody who's let sin overwhelm and overtake him. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're not falling away. Maybe you've, you, you, you've stumbled. And we encourage you to repent of that. We encourage you to come back to the Lord. Confess it. Pray to God for His forgiveness. He will forgive. He'll wash you clean in His blood. And you go on and be faithful. You'll be secured and grow and be strengthened in Jesus. We can encourage you to respond to the Gospel that the Apostles preached. Won't you come while together we stand and sing?